Chad Morgan has been a professional actor since 1995. She has acted in many hit television shows and movies. She is the voice of Princess Leia in Robot Chicken. She is the voice of Rainer in the podcast Derelict. And she is the voice of our narrator in To the Touch. I sat down with Chad recently and we talked about the episode, her connection to the main character, Grace, and what she hopes that people will get out of listening to this episode of A Blind Play of Social Forces. I hope you enjoy this brief discussion. listened to the episode. I did. And I always hear things a little bit differently every time, you know, different from, let's say, reading it versus us talking through it. Or when I say reading it, like reading it without, you know, when you first sent it to me. Mm -hmm. I've heard from people who listen to the show that listening to the episodes after listening to me talk to cast members changes the show a lot. That's so interesting. I I wonder how so. Well, it layers in a level of of perspective um that they weren't listening th- through the first time. When I would imagine an episode like this if you hear a little bit about it beforehand, I don't know, I don't know if it ruins like it's part of the story because it is so surprising. But at the same time, I wonder if it doesn't allow someone to sort of um, settle into it a little bit easier because it is so much, right. so much information, to so much concept to process. Yeah. The good thing is they're short, so you can listen again. <laughs> yeah. I actually enjoyed listening to it this time around more than the last time. Well, there you go. Yeah. And I was thinking about different things. So, um, well, let's talk about that. What were you thinking about? Well, I was thinking about what are the themes for me? How, you know, does this parallel to actuality? you know, in life, in, in, in each individual and myself specifically, how can I relate to this story? How does it fit into my connection to the themes? So who is Grace to you? What, what, how did you relate to it? Well, it's interesting because I don't see, you know, Grace is, she's so specific, but she's specific through my voice. So it's like when you, you know, when you read a book and, you know, you create your own character. So whenever she spoke, that was very different for me, for me, from how I imagined her as the narrator, but also as the person listening to me as the narrator, sort of being separated from it. On the one hand, she is this character, you know, in a fictionalized story, but at the same time, she is also someone that I think 
we all can relate to where she is pulled out as this entity that is different, right? But I think we all feel different, especially at those those years of our life. Um, and we have something that's different, aka special, aka weird, something that makes us, sets us apart from everybody else where we feel like we are outside of the circle. So what in what in her, in her actions, in her attitude, what do you relate to? Well, I relate to that feeling of discovery of being something or someone that is separate from everybody else that sets you apart. And well, that can be seen as positive or negative. Personally, in my own life, you know, looking back, I see it as positive, but I, I, I probably at the time didn't see it as such. It was more, not negative, but I just felt uh, like an oddball, like outside of the stream, you mm-hmm. know, the stream of, of normalcy. And then also, you know, discovering it and then battling with it, you know, someone coming along and wanting to that can, can relate with you and then fighting that off. Right. Also, um, and finding the, um, the fault in that as well. And then it's interesting, the parent part, I don't relate to. I know that a lot of people, their, their, their parents in our generation, you know, going back, it was definitely when you were a little odd or you were off and you were sort of made to feel even more strange um, by your, your parents, not just your peers or the adults around you and to sort of conform and to be normal. Whereas now I think that it's much more common for parents to hone in on that and support it. And like almost, almost the other, to a fault, the other direction, like let's feed into that. You're you're this, and we're going to support that. And we're going to do it. And, you know, you're going to be this and this and this, and it's going to be amazing. And, um, but I think back when we were kids, it was very different. My parents were very supportive of me and my differentness. <laughs> uh, so I feel very fortunate in that respect. But that, that thing of, you know, just keep quiet. Don't, don't tell anybody, you know, let's not, let's not make a thing of this. Mm-hmm. You know, and probably our parents' generation as well, more so in the 50s. That that was much more of a dominating factor. Because so I want to talk about two things at once, and I don't know which one first. So we'll, I'll start with, with this. Grace either has this superpower or supernatural power, or she has an issue with breaking glass. I didn't look at it as if she was actually breaking glass. I mean, she might choose to break glass at times that were inappropriate using her supernatural abilities. But yeah, that didn't occur to me. Maybe because I, that's the, the fantasy (laughs) that lives in me of thinking. Mm. I like that it would be that and not the other. We all really do have these powers. It's what do we do with them? Do we choose to utilize them, first of all, 
Are we comfortable enough acknowledging them, presenting them, using them, and what do we use them for? And do we become too obsessed with them? They were beautiful and then they become ugly. Well, one of the premises of the story is that this particular power is seen by most as a disability. Can you now, in hindsight, see the power that you possessed that you didn't know how to use or that you saw as a disability? I had that quirkiness, weirdness um, up until, um, say, seventh grade. I ended up getting into a lot of trouble. I will not go into detail here. Um, And as I was going into junior high, my mom said to me, um, look, you have an opportunity here. And that is, you get to be whoever you want to be as you go forward. You can, your past is not going to follow you. You're going to meet all new friends. You're going to have so many opportunities to be this or that, or try this and that and friends and classes and all these things. And I, I listened to that. And so one of the things that I did is I did conform and it worked really, really well for me for like a year, you know, cheerleader, homecoming court, dating the like hottest guy and the neck, you know, and the grade up from me, all this stuff. And I was like, this is awesome. I got all these cool friends. I was having fun. Um, and then the next year I had like a complete flip happen to me where somebody spread a rumor that wasn't true about me saying something about somebody and everybody was mad at me. And I walked around the halls like a, a you know, a hermit, like, ah, trying to run and hide and terrified that somebody was going to yell at me or make fun of me. And it's actually one of the best things that ever happened to me because my, my ninth grade French teacher who everybody loved became sort of my place to go and, and, find refuge. And she was so cool. And she's still to this day, one of my best friends. Um, and she helped me through that time. And in the interim of, of all of that happening, I became friends with all these other people around me and all of my classes and my friend pool became very diverse. And I went, Oh my gosh, what was I doing? That was so boring before, like conforming to all that stuff, you, you know, trying to fit in with the popular kids and do what they were doing. And I have to tell you from that point forward, I was out there. Like I went forward the next year, 10th grade on doing whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted to, and not worrying about what anybody thought. And I always, and I've always done that for the most part. And honestly, when I, when I moved to Los Angeles, that was the first time I felt like I could be a weirdo and be surrounded by other weirdos and feel like I was with my tribe. That's what I should say. Mm. I felt amongst my true family. And that was amazing. And then I just got weirder, probably. <laughs> but I never, that, that, that disability time, maybe in that year, you know, where I was questioning everything, I thought, what was I doing? And I was caught up in that. But I honestly saw the conformity as stranger and more of a disability than being myself and being kind of out there. But I also, again, I should state my mom was extremely supportive of me and whatever I wanted to do and whoever I wanted to be at any given time. 
she lifted me up and said, there are no limits. You can be anything and do anything. Have you ever had a, a Philip in your life? The romantic, artistic savior who you, who you just know you two belong together until you realize that that is not the case? Yes, I have. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because as I was listening to it today, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about there's a couple different ways to see what that relationship is and what the potential was and could still be, you know, and and what comes into play. Yes, they have this amazing thing and it just they just feed one another. Honestly, you could do a whole episode on that alone because there's so much oof, alchemical stuff in there. It's just like, oh, the good, the goody. Um, and then what happens, I mean, that's just relationship in general, that it can eat away so many different ways, but it can also feed both people. It depends on how you come at it. And it can also be destructive and go away for a while and then come back together. Right? I wonder, do they ever find each other again? I think that that at least in the immediate future, Grace is beyond actual relationships. She has she has fans. And I think that that sustains her because they only bring positivity and support and they support her financially. They support her emotionally. They cheer her on. Um, and she then also gets to be alone while having however many adoring people thinking that she is a superhero or supervillain. And and if she does follow through with her her plans as stated in the last, you know, at the very end of the story, is she going to go on this worldwide tour of destruction and uh live stream it? Oh. That's kind of fun. I mean, not the distra- not, you know, just in in a fictional world that is. Right. When people finish this story, when they when when the episode is over, what do you hope that they are left thinking about? Well, if they aren't thinking about, hey, I should listen to that again. Honestly, you know, kind of what I did today, I only did it, you know, just trying to think about how I connected to the material and and then the episode, of course, um, the actual podcast, but how, what does it bring up in terms of their relation to having a superpower or having those people in their life that support it or can, can reflect it? And then what are they, what have they done with it? Or what are they going to do with it? Or do they realize they do have a superpower and are they seeing it for all that it is? Or are they seeing it as a disability? Maybe it's really magical. Because like you said, that's not a, um, 
a superpower that's like the best, but why not? Why isn't it? Who's to say it's not like, it's kind of, it's so different and you know, not what one would consider, but isn't that where invention comes from, you know, is from the, the least expected or the most, I should say the most innovative uh, inventions, the internet and, and um, computers and microwaves and all these things, just, just things you couldn't imagine, even, even flight. We're going to put a big thing up in the sky full of people and fly it across the country. People couldn't conceive of that making any sense or being a great idea, but it's brilliant. And maybe there's something to the glass breaking that is brilliant that people walk away knowing that their superpower is magical, whatever it may be to embrace it, to honor it and be responsible with it at the same time and see how it affects other people. I think that's it. Okay. Well, I think that's a good, good place to end. Hey, when you get a chance, look up Chad on IMDb. You can go down the Chad Morgan rabbit hole, so to speak, and see all the cool projects she's been involved in. Our next episode coming up this Wednesday is Until Your Heart Releases You. And I gotta warn you, it's a little bit of a tearjerker. 